I, I, I maybe I did play it just a little bit too much. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> you won't hear us playing Judas Priest, but you will be hearing an entertaining sports show with myself, Frank, and David the Man of God Harris on WSUT's After Further Review, airing Saturdays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and throughout the week with our replay 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. on Toodles Only Alternative and your on campus radio station 88.3 WXUT. Oh, Judas Priest! <laughs> Welcome back to 88.3 WCTs after further review at the last few minutes of the show to go. And uh, normally I don't do this. I normally try to give my take on certain things. Normally you have Frank's power play and Dave the Man of God Harris's rants. And then I kind of chime in a little bit. And you always sometimes have Brian Bucky call in during Rockets football, men and women's basketball season. And then uh, usually as sometimes we have Darren Cone, the coach and others. A slew of people call in once in a while to give their opinions and takes on things and i figured well you know david the man god harris wasn't going to be calling in anyway so i figured you know what maybe i'll give my take on something because really the nba finals is you know really important and not to mention i'm you know the basketball guy around here on this show so i figured you know what Derek, you might as well give a take on the finals game one and uh i made some points earlier with the uh, talking to darren cone and during our NBA Finals recap with uh, Frank Vashner. But I, I was really, the first time in my life I would have to admit that I was disappointed in the NBA. I've always loved the NBA. I always, I, I think it's probably one of the, the, the best out of the the four major professional sports. Now that's just being a somewhat of a biased opinion because I like basketball. Now there's others that will argue that baseball, football, uh, hockey. But for me, it just it's just the, the star attraction of the game and, and and just I don't know the flow and pace of the game and it's a lot different I guess pro basketball is to from college and high school and I I think some people don't understand that with when it comes to the NBA so there's a lot of misunderstandings but game one of the NBA finals to me was, was kind of an epic failure not only the play on the court but also the officiating not in I'm one of the guys that doesn't really say, you know, oh, it was officiating and it was so poor and it was this and that. And I'm also not like people that get on talk radio. And I know some people probably listen to other talk radio shows and they have callers that call in. Now, we don't really have that here on After Further Review. And actually, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really a fan of it, uh, of, of callers calling in because you get the wackiest of fans. I think calls derail shows. Uh, I do know earlier in my, uh, I guess, here at University of Toledo, uh, we had an advisor that was like, well, you need to have callers call in. You need to have callers. No, you, you don't need to have callers call in. There's a reason why like guys like Colin Cowherd don't have callers call in. And in certain shows, it does help to have callers call in. I rant a little bit about this, and I'm not trying to get off subject. I'll tie this all together with the NBA. But, you know, I listen to a, a lot, a lot of uh, sports talk radio. Uh, so, and I have to, basically, because I have a passion for it. But also, at my job, to pass the time when I'm working, 
you know, I will listen to other sports talk shows and mainly um, I'll listen to mostly the ones on CBS Sports Network. I like those guys a little bit better, got a little bit of better personalities to me, but they have some of these callers that call in and is I don't know if I could ever do a show where I'd have like callers call in. Some of the callers are pretty cool. Sometimes you get guys that call in with good points. Now, the times that I listen to these shows are the late night shows. Now, I am aware that the callers could be a little bit different on the late night shows, you know, and early in the morning, late at night. Usually I'm working from 10 at night to about five in the morning or so. So those callers could be a lot different than the ones that you get, you know, in the morning time in, in your afternoon drive. But to me, you know, I, I usually think a lot of times that callers kind of derail shows. And one of the things that's been very annoying, and I've listened to some of these sports talk radio shows, is that with the NBA Finals, was the refereeing bad? Yeah. There were some questionable calls. But at the same time, though, a referee does not decide a game. You should know that as a, as a basketball player at any level. You never leave the game in the ref's hands. And there's plenty of game that you have to play where there's probably things that you didn't do to execute to win the basketball game. A lot of times one one referee call or a couple aren't going to derail it. Like, for instance, you know, the LeBron James uh, ch- charge call that became a block. I mean, it was a rule. There's actually a rule that was implemented a couple years ago that no one knew about where the call can get changed. And now, initially... The rule is that you have to go to the monitor to make sure it's a charge and they're outside of the restricted area. And then there's the rule where within the last two minutes, if it's a judgment call, you can actually reverse the call. Very, you know, unknown rule that was implemented two years ago because obviously these situations don't pop up. And now people are thinking that the game is rigged and there's stuff that's going on. And did you see this and that? It's like, come on, come on, come on. First of all, referees are human. And they do make mistakes. Do I think that it should have been called a block? No. They called it a charge initially. They should have just went and checked the monitor to see if he was in front of the restricted area, which he was. He wasn't in the restricted area. He was way outside of it. The Cavs were up by two. Was it a momentum changer in the game? Yes, because, you know, basically they were over the foul limit and Durant went to the line and hit the two free throws. Now, think about this. If they weren't over the foul limit, they would have just had to inbound the basketball. But the Cavs had plenty of opportunities after that to win the basketball game. And, you know, I hate it when people call in, oh, it was the refs. Or you get these guys that get on the Internet, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and want to break down. You see right here, this was a call. And how come on this end of the floor they call that a foul, but on the other end it's not called a foul. It's like, stop it. Just stop Stop it. You're reaching. That's not the reason why a team lost a game is because of the refereeing. Because, to be quite honest with you, now I do will say this as a coach. I usually do talk to referees and say, you know, hey, you know, if you're going to call it on this end, call it on the other in the same way and have the consistency. Me and Frank Mashner have talked about this several times. But at the same time, though, Two or three, if you're letting two or three calls rattle you and, and hurt you to lose a basketball game, you shouldn't be playing basketball. That, that, that's point blank, period. Um, but I do think that the refereeing, the officiating was pretty poor. It did take away from the basketball game. And that and usually when you, you're talking more about the officiating, 
to take away from a classic game like that is horrible. But at the same time, like I said, I don't think that's the reason why the Cavs lost. Now, the big reason why the Cavs lost is poor play and execution, and that was mostly by J.R. Smith. And, 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 you know, I hate to blame him. I say people say, well, you know, keep your head up and everything like that. But it is what it is, and you've got to be truthful about stuff, especially on sports radio talk shows. J.R. Smith blew a game, point blank, period. He blew it. And 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 I mentioned a few points earlier with Coach Cone and with Frank Vashner at halftime making that gamble against Curry and letting him get a wide open shot to tie the game at the half. Hmm. Take away those three points, that could help you later on in the game. Then, not to mention, remember the how the, the Warriors got the lead at the end of the game when Curry blew by J.R. Smith and got the and one after Kevin Love had to follow him to give help to J.R. Smith, and he made the free throw. Now, you know, granted, the, the Cavs still had their opportunities to win the game. I mean, Hill, George Hill, still had to hit both free throws. He hit one, the first one, which is usually the toughest free throw to hit in basketball, but he missed the second. Then J.R. Smith got the ball. I mean, look at that. that that's that's <laughs> you, you got two opportunities alone in four seconds to win the ball game. Now, should have J.R. Smith known the, the time and the situation of the game? Yes, but this is this is pretty common. This happened to him in New York. He's he's done a lot of of uh, goofy stuff too as well. Um, and I really think that you know, are you surprised by this? I mean, this is a guy that is basically you know untied people's shoes and. <laughs> Uh, in a game, and he's just done, you know, just crazy stuff. I am a little bit disappointed with him and the way he's been playing. And then the thing with Tristan Thompson, you know, only two points and five rebounds, but yet you're trying to throw the ball in Draymond Green's face, and you're upset that Livingston tried to, Livingston tried to, you know, get, I guess, extra points. But you you, you end up getting fined. It's obviously, he didn't get suspended. And uh, Kevin Love didn't get suspended for leaving the bench, even though he didn't really leave the bench. He was just kind of in the vicinity but some people thought they might he might get suspended for that i think what really hurt the Cavs was was just poor execution at the end and emotionally they just weren't all there i mean let's just face it lebron had a great performance and his teammates haven't stepped up but this is how it's been all year and I don't care how much J.R. Smith is making. That doesn't matter the fact that, you know, people are like, well, you're making $14 million. You should know the situation. I don't care if he was not making $14, you know, $14 million, and he was getting paid for free at a Wiley. You still need to know the situation of the ball game if you're trying to get the win. I mean, that that's just where it goes. So this, those were things that I was just thinking about. And this is the first time I think ever, and I've been watching the NBA since 1991. So I got like 27 years under my belt. It just left a bad taste in my mouth. Just the, the game, I, and actually I was listening to the game. Um, I had motorcycle classes um, on that Thursday night in the classroom, and I actually, you know, a guy next to me had the game on his phone for the last maybe half hour of the class. So, you know, I would peek over and look at the game, and then I listened to the game on the radio on the way to work, and then at work I listened to the game. And I was thinking to myself, wow, LeBron James is having a heck of a game. And it 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 just was great. So um, I I really th- think that um, like I said, bad taste in my mouth. I got to watch the game later on at home, 
and I saw how things developed, and it 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 was kind of a face palm type of situation with the Cavs. But the, but the thing is that what really also disappoints me, and, and I, I know it's going to be an uphill battle, is how the Cavs are going to actually beat this Warriors team. And I also bring up another point too that irritated me. It was also on Sports Talk Radio. Was people blaming uh, the referees for the Houston Rockets losing? You know, the Houston Rockets lost because. They were taking ill-advised threes. 0 for 27 at one point. Missing 27 straight threes in a game. Loses games. With Golden State giving you the mid-range jumper. Saying you can take it. Because they knew what Dan and Tony's going to do. And I tell people this every year. He's a regular season coach. When it gets down into the playoffs. Especially deep in the playoffs. Somehow he's going to find a way to lose. They were predictable. You're going to do the iso ball you're gonna shoot the three or you're going to the rim or you're going to the rim to kick it out for a three and James Harden had two or three crucial turnovers driving to the rim and kicking it out predictably and getting the ball stolen that's why Houston lost it was not the referees you can't blame the refs for that one but now I point about Cleveland I mentioned this early in the show actually in the intro of why I think LeBron James would probably leave um and that's the Dan Gilbert situation. It, it's pretty obvious. This is a, 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 a toxic situation here in Cleveland. You saw the reaction after they won the Eastern Conference Finals where LeBron didn't even pretty much acknowledge him. It's just a battle of, I guess, very rich men with big egos. And I would think with Dan Gilbert and what he posted on Twitter, it's pretty interesting. And then this kind of got to me, and I saw this too. Um the team is terrible. But how did it get to this point? Last year, you probably had arguably one of the top point guards in the league. Granted, you did get your butt really whooped really badly last year's finals. But still, though, the team was a lot better than what it is now. And I think that why LeBron should probably leave Cleveland. I know some Clevelanders don't want to hear this. is because... You play for an, an egomaniac owner. And here's some points that I wanted to bring up. Here's the tweet. Dan Gilbert put, Trade 1.0 last summer and trade 2.0 at the deadline led by a humble, talented young GM, Kobe Altman. Without either of these two bold moves orchestrated by Kobe and the Cavs front office, we would not be here with a good chance to bring another one home, or that means championship. Hashtag whatever it takes, Cleveland. No, you're in the NBA Finals because of one and one reason only, and that is LeBron James. You basically should have stuck to your first tweet or your second tweet about LeBron James. No words describes his level of playing commitment to this game. His impact is magical. We go as he goes. That's what it sums up to. Don't give any type of credit to the front office yourself or Kobe Altman. If anyone's listened to this show, I've told you, I personally don't really think too highly of Kobe Altman. I've actually met the guy at a USA Youth Basketball Coaches Clinic. He he seems like a charming guy. He might be a great guy off the court. But when it comes to answering questions and, I guess, facing the music, he kind of gets a little standoffish. And I, I reiterate the story. We were at the Coaches Clinic. You know, he used to be part of USA uh, Basketball in general. I don't I forget what he was talking about. But anyway, he, he talked about the culture of Cleveland. He wanted people that wanted to be there. And at the time, this was in August, 
LeBron and Kyrie kind of had the little bit of the the social media beef going back and forth, which I just think they were just trying to keep pe- their name in people's mouths. But he mentioned that, you know, we're trying to keep people around here that want to be here. So I raised my hand and I, obviously I went to the coaches clinic to be like a coach. But, you know, as you know, the reporter came out of me and I asked him, well, what are you going to do about the Kyrie Irving situation if you're talking about people that want to be here? And Kyrie had talked about how he wanted to be the man somewhere else. And Kobe Altman pretty much avoided the question altogether. Well, before I say anything, or before I had my speech, I should have asked, said that I'm not going to answer any Kyrie Irving questions and try to just skip over it. To me, that just gave me signs that this guy's not ready to be a GM. He's not. And it also kind of told his hand that they were probably working on a deal to get rid of Kyrie. I mean, it was kind of obvious. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is with him is that the, even the trades that he made, I, I still scratch my head as in, how would you trade a guy inside your own conference and trade him for a guy that's injured that's looking for a max deal? This stuff that did not make sense, and then you went with the 2.0 deal, and you tried to save face. You picked up a lot of guys that were has-beens. Maybe you could have kept maybe one or two of those guys for this playoff run, and then you get guys like Larry Clark, or excuse me, Jordan Clarkson, Rodney Hood, who doesn't even play anymore because you know what he because he refused to go into a game. Larry Nash Jr. not bad. You're saddled with bad contracts, which is not none of Kobe Altman's fault. I'll give him that. Those were contracts that were already signed. But you were also as this main owner, being the way that you're trying to be, trying to show that you're the owner, showing that you got the clout. You got saddled with these two bad contracts of J.R. Smith. And Tristan Thompson, the $80 million man that got you two points and five rebounds, Tristan Thompson, and then J.R. Smith, who's making blunders at $14 million a year this year. And it actually goes up. I believe it's 15 next year, and it might be a little over 16 to 17 the year after that. LeBron's looking at this at this lineup. It's like it can't, it can't work. I mean, come on. Corver can't guard anybody. George Hill... Yeah, he's okay. He's marginal but serviceable. Green, he's inconsistent. Kendrick Perkins, you signed Kendrick Perkins? Huh? I thought his career was over. I, I, just, just, just stuff that has been going on with under Kobe Altman's reign has just been ridiculous. Of signings and trades that have been going on, it's just like what's who who's running the front office, and not to mention you got rid of David Griffin that put together the team when LeBron got back. They got you to do the first three NBA Finals. This fourth one, don't even say that's Kobe Altman that did it. That's all LeBron James. He's the one that got you there because what all you have here is nothing, and you got the eighth pick in the draft, which. It's looking a little murky now in this NBA draft that you can maybe even get a good pick. Some people are saying that Trey Young might be available to the Cavs, but I would be a little iffy with that one as myself. So overall, this is this is just nothing. This is just a battle of rich men with egos. Now I will say it's a little bit on LeBron's fault, as I've said this in the show before, that he ended up getting his boys J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson great contracts. But to me. Uh, it's it's probably like time to hit the road, Jack LeBron, and find somewhere else to go because you don't like the owner. 
it's it's just it's just not going to work out here. I think, and and you're saddled with bad contracts and with players that you can't really get rid of. And I was like, I was I will agree with Darren Cohn in this final minute of the show. I kind of felt sorry for LeBron. I mean, he's he's in a mess, and when you're in a mess, sometimes you got to move on. It's just like a messy relationship or. When you're separated, when you're in a divorce, and there's no point of return, there's no point of faking it. Just separate, and get it done and over with. And I think that's probably the best for LeBron and probably the Cavs. But like I said, it doesn't look too good. And I hopefully the series, I still think the Cavs could possibly have an opportunity to win. This is why. Now some people might say that they blew their chance. Golden State has shown they've been complacent. They showed it in the Houston series. And they showed it in the Cavs series. But this time, I think LeBron James, if you're too much complacent, he'll try to close you out. Now, obviously, the Cavs dropped the hammer on that one in game one. But once again, too many more chances for LeBron. He'll probably capitalize on it. Anyway, this has been a presentation of 88.3 WHTs. After further review, thanks to Darren Cohn calling in and Frank Vashner calling in was power play. And also, shout out to David. I'm Derek Lawson. We'll see you guys next week. Same time, same place, 11 to 1 here on 88.3 WHT. Peace. We're out.